You're listening to the T20 podcast with Ayaz Memon in association with Lloyd. Khayal jo ghar ko ghar banaye. When you score 227 runs like Gujarat did today, chances are high that you will win. Lucknow in fact needed to script history as anything over 225 has never been chased down in this competition. They couldn't in fact. With me is Ayaz Memon like always. Ayaz, a few hiccups for sure, but overall a convincing display from Gujarat? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this they just showed again that the the depth that they have in batting and bowling. Uh, and, and I think importantly, the bowling, because that is becoming more crucial as the tournament nears its, you know, it's the latter half of the tournament when the pitches come into play and you need spinners to do well as well as fast bowlers. So, Gujarat... The top order is working, the bowlers are working. I think Hardik Pandya is leading the team fantastic, uh, fantastically. It just looks a team that is, you know, I mean, they are the defending champions, but they're putting up a champion display every now and then, you know, barring the odd hiccup. They've just been so good this season. Now, let me quickly take you through the game. Gujarat scored 227 for two after being asked to bat first, with Ridhiman Saha and Shubman Gill scoring 175 of those runs. In response, Lucknow could only score 171 runs. As we have spoken about Saha at length but it seems that he is getting better with every game isn't it took only 20 deliveries to score his 50 today and then went on to score 81 runs it surely seems that a comeback in the indian team is on the cards no yeah but the thing is that there is not much cricket or t20 cricket for the indian team now i mean you know the next assignment the big assignment is the the world test championship and after that everybody's focus will be on the on the you know ODI world cup the 50 over world cup so i i mean saha is what i think he's doing is constantly every time he gets out there in the middle in the park and he bats or he keeps wickets he's sending out these signals and these reminders to the selectors and to whoever else the team management or people who matter in indian cricket that hey you know you know i'm not over over yet my story is still still intact and still alive Absolutely and another excellent knock by Shubman Gill Shah's opening partner what stood out from his knock today is that he dealt mostly in singles when Saha was going gung ho and only after Saha was dismissed that he changed his gears uh, as you found it impressive absolutely i'm, I'm a great uh, shubman gill fan for the not just for the number of runs he scores for the consistency with which he's been scoring runs you know and you look at it across the formats over the past 4 5 6 months he's been perhaps india's best batsman Uh, or why perhaps certainly india's best batsman across formats uh, so i think that shubman gill and you know he's an imperious player when when he's when he's in good nick when he's in good form he's just so wonderful to watch uh, he plays a little late and he's tall and he just leans into his drives or he plays off the back foot and he's got great gift of timing the vast repertoire of strokes great gift of timing and consistency you can't ask more from a batsman now from lucknow's perspective a few calls raised eyebrows first of them is obviously not picking navin ul haq we know that they went batting heavy with quinton decock it did work out quinton decock went on to score 70 runs in fact but navin had picked up six wickets in his last two games a pace trio of avesh khan mohsin and yash thakur ayas does it look sustainable it doesn't certainly not and uh, it showed up in this match didn't it because everybody went to the cleaners against uh, saha and gill but yes that was a placid track so fine you know somebody else also would have got punished but navinul haq has been actually amongst their better performers uh, for lsg for for sorry for lucknow 
So I think just keeping him out, I wonder what the thinking is. I know he's been part of the controversy involving uh, Virat Kohli and Gautam Gambhir. Though I don't think that is a good enough reason to keep him out of the playing level. But the thought process could be, you know, kind of uh, questioned. Uh, not just that, I think the, the the thought process or the thinking to not send Ayush Bajani, who's been so wonderful this season, uh, right at the top or maybe just after the first wicket had fallen, just, you know, boggles my mind. Why won't you want to send him there? And why send an out-of-form Deepak Hula to go there and take 11, 11 deliveries for 11 runs when the need is to, to score 10, 12 runs, 15 runs and over? Absolutely. And I ask, mind you, Deepak Huda has scored only 53 runs in 10 games. So, do you think that is where they lost the game after that first wicket? Because there was an 88-run partnership between Decock and Myers. Yes, I think that was a wrong move or that was a flawed move. Uh, and it, they, they paid a heavy price for it. So, look, Deepak Huda has, been, has proved himself earlier of being a big striker of the ball. But this season, he's just not got going. As you mentioned, 53 runs in 10 innings is not something that would inspire confidence and therefore to send him out when you're chasing a win you know you're chasing 227 you have 228 to make you got a wonderful start then to send an out of form batsman i think was uh, you know inviting trouble and that's exactly what happened because in this batting lineup you had marcus toynes you had nicholas puran you had ayush baloni so there was enough batting heft i don't know why they chose to send deepak hula yes i'll also talk about lucknow's overseas combination that is, it seems that the Decock and Myers opening combination could work for them. As I mentioned, they scored 88 runs for the opening stand today. But is it becoming a too batting-heavy overseas combination? It is. I mean, you know, Marcus Toynes is also a batsman and he's, he usually bats at 4 or 5 for Lucknow. So, you know, you can consider him a main or mainline batsman for this, for this franchise. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, because KL Rahul is not there, they need another specialist opener. And that's why Quinton Decock, who is now recovered from whatever his injury or ailment was, and he batted really well today. But, of course, he couldn't continue uh, the, the knock and take 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 his team to a win. But I think that, they, you know, if they bring in, say, Naveen Ulhaq, who, who we who talked about, then they'll have to just kind of rejig their overseas quotient because you have Quinton Decock, Puran, as well as Myers, as well as Toynes, it's going to be one too many, isn't it? So they'll have to, they'll have to, kind of, uh, it's a head scratching exercise, but they have to do it and come up with some solution. Lucknow definitely needs solution. A subplot from today's game was that it was Pandya versus Pandya. Uh, Hardik Pandya won. Krunal Pandya definitely lost. Uh, we'll focus on his captaincy today because with the ball he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, but obviously it's difficult when the opposition is going hammer and tongs. But did you think that he took too long to bring on Ravi Bishnoi and Marcus Toynis? I mean, you know, all kinds of arguments will look justified now because they, the other team made 227. You know, so, but it seemed at that point in time when Saha and Gil were going hammer and tongs that they could have, you know, they would have hit anything and everything out of the park. They were looking so good. So, but Krunal Pandya, I think the, the only thing I can think of is you know, even in a T20 game, you try and slow down things a bit because the batsmen are in such good rhythm and the momentum is with them. You try and break that momentum. Uh, so, I mean, that and that didn't happen because they just went on and on and on. They, their run rate never flagged. The, the, the strike rate never diminished. 
And therefore, with every over, Lucknow were pushed more and more out of the game rather than remaining in the game. I think that just slowing things down, maybe resetting the field, doing making some changes in the, in the bowling would have could have helped. I don't know, but it could have helped. Ayaz, this was a placid track as Ahmedabad, as you rightfully mentioned. But try telling that to Mohit Sharma, right? Four wickets and just the 29 runs conceded. Do you think it is his variations which came in handy, his experience, what worked out? Certainly his experience and certainly, even more certainly his variations. Even when he was, uh, you know, a fixture in the Indian team, this was his, his hallmark, wasn't it? Uh, Mohit Sharma, uh, not really express pace, but very clever uh, with, with his variations. He, you know, the, the cross-seam stuff, the back of the hand, slower delivery and so on. And he's got control. You see, you can have a lot of it innovations but if you don't have control then you can get heavily punished but Mohit has shown this season and remember he was not even part in, in not in the reckoning when the season started that he would be playing uh, the India T20 league this year and here he is I think he's making uh, a, a real good go of it and becoming a valuable or invaluable asset for Gujarat. Now of course we're in the business end of the competition so we must talk about the points table. Gujarat became the first team to get 16 points. Yes, do you think that qualifier one spot is nailed on for them? I think so. I think at this stage, 16 points should get you. I mean, you know, you still need a couple of points more, if not four, to get into the top two. But uh, I think that, you know, I don't think there's a doubt that they'll be in the in the playoffs or in the last four. So that's a job well done. There was a bit of a stutter, if you remember, when Gujarat lost a couple of matches, close matches. And it seemed that, you know, they probably just kind of... Uh, of the gone off the boil, but they've just you know that, that's what I like about Gujarat. They just came so strongly back, and then now they're in the situation where they are, I think, the most feared team in this in this tournament. Now on the flip side, remember Lucknow had a great start. They won three of the first five, three of the first four games, in fact, but now they are winless in their last three games. Do you think that at the business end they are starting to lose the plot? So in a tournament of this kind, and you know, which takes what, seven weeks or eight weeks to complete, consistency and sustainability are the two big things. You know, I mean, it's not just about making runs. How do you keep winning matches regularly? You have to sustain form, you have to sustain motivation, you have to sustain stamina, you have to sustain fitness. And I'm saying this not for a individual player, but collectively for a team. And if you go off the boil, if you lose a match or two, which is bound to happen, then how quickly do you come back on the rails? You know, if you if you have like what's happening with Lucknow now, they've lost three matches on the trot. Now, from this situation to come back takes it becomes that much more difficult. This is not this is not what has happened with uh, with with Gujarat. They you know they lost a match, they came back strongly and started winning again. So I think that all of these point to uh, the fact. I mean, yes, Gujarat are already I think in the playoffs, but they're just looking very impressive and really the team to beat. Of course, now Lucknow, they have lost two of their last three games. In fact, the other was a washout, of course, the match against Chennai. Yes, that was a point shared. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But Ayaz, we'll be catching up soon because Rajasthan are taking on Hyderabad. Survival is at stake for Hyderabad. If we look at Rajasthan, they have lost their last two games. What do you make of this? Yes, and I think that Rajasthan losing those two matches, I think was, uh, you know, as they say in cricket, don't take your eyes off the ball. I thought they were a little... Uh, you know, a little. I'm not saying casual or callous, but they they didn't you know enter the match with with uh, with the sole focus on winning. 
uh, and that's where they, you know, this game can be cruel. It catches up a couple of mistakes and you end up losing the match. And that's what happened with Rajasthan. They're a damn good team. In my opinion, after Gujarat, the best team is Rajasthan in terms of balance and talent and skills and, you know, whatever else. But, you know, they, they are in a, in a bit of a vulnerable stage. I think this today's match is a is a important one for them. They are also a little lucky that they've got a team which is not, which has also been struggling as their opponents today. So this is a good opportunity for Rajasthan to clinch these two points and come back into the running very strongly. Great opportunity for Rajasthan, as Ayaz says. But will they take it? We will know in a few hours' time. Ayaz, like always, thanks for your time. Thanks a lot. We'll catch up later. Bye-bye. That was today's episode of the T20 Podcast with Ayaz Memon in association with Lloyd. Khayal Jo Ghar Ko Ghar Banai. This is a Quint original podcast, executive produced by Shali Walia and Ritu Kapoor. This episode was hosted by Shuvaditya Bose, produced and edited by Pratik Lidhu and Anjali Palor. And a special thanks to our guest, Ayaz Memon. Stay tuned for our future episodes on your preferred podcast app. You were listening to the Quint's podcast. 